When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, and every week or so, I like to sit down with a storyteller. Maybe they're in movies, film, uh, or they're in television. It could be streaming, or music, or any of the entertainment uh, pop culture outlets, and they, they're storytellers. So I like to talk to them about stories and be like, hey, why do you tell these stories? What story are you working on now? Where do you think that story came from? Tell me and my audience about that story, because I'm fascinated by stories, and we've had tons of amazing storytellers on this show. So if you're into that, hey, we're going to be at WonderCon next week. There's going to be a lot of stories there. If you're into that, awesome. You're in the right place. If you're not, well, the internet's full of podcasts, and you can go explore them. But first, I would like you to take a look at more of the podcasts we have here on Geekscape. Maybe you saw us this weekend, the new Jordan Peele horror movie. Our good friends over at Horror Movie Night sat down, and they got together. And I think, well, I'm recording this on Saturday. I think they're recording that on the next day. But... By the time I post this, I'm pretty sure they'll have all gotten together and done a podcast about us. So if you guys are interested in seeing what their thoughts are, these are horror experts. I have vetted them. Uh, you might want to click over and, uh, to geekscape.net and see, if, see about for yourself. Be like, oh, horror movie night. They're talking about us. And I just saw that movie and I need to figure out what the heck happened. <laughs> that might be a good place for you. Um, all right, Geekscapists. Let's get on to the show. I've got my good friend Marie Jamora here. Marie and I went to grad school together. We went to Columbia Film School, and she... It's really kind of a weird story. You were a year behind me, Marie. I was. <clears throat> and, um, sorry for the coffin. And, uh... Excused. <laughs> she was a year behind me, and we reconnected, not as filmmakers, but because Marie listened to Geek Drome and then Geekscape. Yep. Like, that is insane. I even we're, like, went to a taping of yours in Forbidden Planet. With Jim Pogranelli and Scott Klopfenstein. Yes. And what... And maybe, maybe, I think Big Yanks might have been there too. But the crazy thing is this. The, the crazy thing is that, like, you're one of my closest friends. And we mainly talk about filmmaking. And I oftentimes forget that 
We reconnected because you listened to my podcast. <laughs> totally. We weren't friends in film school. We became friends because of your podcast. Yeah. We just like see each other in the hallway or in the subway hey, or whatever. What's up? Yeah. Tiny Filipino woman. Oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, hey, man. How are Tall you? dude. Yeah. Little did I know that you were all about like making music videos and rock and roll and all this stuff and back in Manila. And you were making music videos too. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I mean, it's pretty similar, except you made a really damn good feature film and I'm sitting here going, womp, womp. So. But you're about to make yours, so. We'll, womp, womp, we'll see. Womp. Knock on wood. Yep, we'll yep. find out. I like to sing when you're around. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about that, Geeks Gave Us. Um, I will see too. <laughs> so as we become friends, I start finding out that like Marie's a rock star back in Manila. Uh, that's a, a little over-exaggeration. I play music. I have respected bands, but I mean, you know. And then she shot a crap ton of music videos for those indie bands in Manila. And yeah. Manila has kind of like, it's like Austin, like where we grew up. Totally. Um, it's got like that underground indie scene. Yeah, just huge, great bands. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was insane getting to know you better over the last, what, 12 years? Yes. About Don't how, how our parallels were um, when growing up and getting into film and loving movies. But all that storytelling really kind of started with indie rock. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, I don't love comic books as much as you do, but I read comic books. Like, I, I mean, graphic novels and stuff. So totally. we have, like, a lot of similarities, strangely enough, even though we mm-hmm. grew up halfway across the world from each other. You also worked pretty closely with our late friend John Schnapp, who was a yes. frequent Geekscapist. You were his editor on a lot of projects. Yes, and he was a great editor, so we would actually collaborate on a lot of stuff. And it was great because I, he's so great at comedy editing Mm -hmm. and I'm so bad at that but I was really good at storytelling through editing so we really balanced each other out on that stuff like I'd edit something like for the death Superman lives we were editing that for like maybe around nine months and then you know I would go home and overnight he would like tweak a scene like for example the um the John Peters scene where he was drinking like that mineral water, like he was for like a minute. And it was just so funny. Like I came back the next day, watched that, and I was like dying on the floor. Because I thought it was just like, oh, there's a water break. I should cut around this. But no, John's like, no, we need to savor this moment. Have right him now. drink the whole damn thing. If yeah. you guys haven't seen The Death of Superman Lives, what happened? That's the documentary John made about Tim Burton's it's sort of like the, the Superman movie he almost made. He got within a week of that thing going up. And uh, and it's a fascinating documentary. And I just can't believe we're living in like a post-John Schnepp world. He was on oh, yeah. Geekscape so many times. And um, and Nick Cage watched the movie. And, you know, he was he became the voice also. Like, I mean, eventually, yeah. he actually kind of did play Superman. So it all comes full circle. Ooh, uh, I didn't know we'd, we'd go there. Oh. <laughs> we went there, Marie. I didn't know we'd go there and oh. talk about our friend John. I know, right? It's, you know, and I saw Did that Did I recommend panel. you for the gig? How'd you find that gig? My, my uh, husband, Jason, yeah. was uh, working at the office where John was renting out a room. And that was over by Titmouse. Yes, it was okay. right next to Titmouse. And uh, my, my, I mean, he was my boyfriend at the time, but now he's my husband. And John and him were talking about animation because uh, yeah. my husband's an animator and they were just like shooting the shit John and he would ask John what are you working on and John's like I'm I have a documentary I'm looking for an editor and then my husband uh, Jason he was like my girlfriend's an editor and John's like yeah sure 
Like he's just like, hey, yeah, you, of course your girlfriend's an editor, whatever. A lot of girlfriends are, are girl. A lot of people's girlfriends are editors. Yeah, and um, but you know, we sent him my resume. Holly Payne, the producer, she looked at my stuff. She was like, let's get her in here. Um, John got me in there. We 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 talked, and he was like, Let, let's try you out for two weeks. And then the first assignment I I had was to cut the trailer, which he wanted to drop the day of Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And then that day we dropped that trailer that I cut. We got a million views, and so I don't. And he didn't fire me, so it was really, really nice. <laughs> well, you're here now, and I, I, I maintain that you shot the best. Uh, that you, you made the best film that I've seen from a Columbia grad. I haven't seen a lot of them, but like that's probably why you say no. That. Don't be like that. Like obviously, <laughs> I've seen like Jennifer Lee and Phil Johnson stuff, like Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I've seen James Ponsold stuff. Yeah, a lot of great, great. Movies. But your movie, I remember sitting next to you at the screening of that movie at the film festival there on Western. Mm-hmm. It's like Asian Pacific Film Festival. Yeah, LA Asian Pacific Film Festival. And I was like, Are you kidding me with this movie? And I now introduce you to people as like the most talented director I know. But nobody cares because she's a small Filipino woman. <laughs> and, yeah. Like Hollywood hasn't gotten the memo. Yes, totally. No, you you like kind of believed in me when like five years ago when I showed that here, nobody gave a shit. And how could nobody give a shit about that movie? It's so fucking good. Because not it's in, it has subtitles, and a lot of people don't want to watch movies with subtitles. You know, I've encountered that. That's something I didn't think was a, a real thing until I actually started living in LA, and they're just like, oh, it has subtitles. Like, so so it's in Filipino, whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of English, there's a lot of Taglish, but I mean, even though it's about music and first love, it's coming of age, that's a real barrier um, for people. So, okay, so you said Taglish, and I got to ask you about this, because a buddy of mine who's Filipino, half Filipino, was like, oh yeah, Tagalog isn't a thing. It's called Filipino. You don't, Japanese is Japanese, German is German. Why do Filipinos have to make their own name for their own language instead of just calling it Filipino? So technically the national language is Filipino. It's called Filipino, but since the Philippines is made out of over 7,000 islands, sure. there's like hundreds of dialects. And Taglish, right. sorry, Tagalog is, Tagalog, yeah. Tagalog is the dialect of the northern like Metro Manila area and some of the northern regions, but it's literally, it's the predominant language of the north but technically a lot of people in the south they all speak different dialects so really out of um i'm not sure how many years ago but from having the national language be tagalog you know they changed it and said you know what we want to include be inclusive of all the dialects in the philippines it's called filipino so i'm going to go back to them with him with that yeah you he also them. said like filipino people are super racist against half like like he like his grandmother never talked to him. His Filipino grandmother never talked to him because yeah, I should have him on. He I should literally I should literally have him on because he works for Insomniac and worked on the Spider Man game oh, and all sick. that stuff. Like yeah. my friend Herschel, but he said that his Filipino grandmother wouldn't talk to him because he was half white, half Filipino. Okay, and he's like, hold up, woman, you guys are half Chinese, half Spanish. Like Filipino is not a very old, like. It's it's not a very old like culture, is it? It's, it's something that was like wasn't it like islands that were populated by Chinese and then the Spanish in, in order Malay, to, yeah, in Chinese order to, and Malay, and then in order to conquer the islands, they were just like breed party. So the, yeah, the the Spaniards colonized us for six hundred years. Yeah, 
they were they were no Spanish women, so there were friars, and and there are a lot of half Spanish. I mean, which means the friars started, you know, raping um, a lot of the they native women. They could have been seductive friars. What? Friar Tuck got that. <laughs> Friar Tuck has that smolder thing going on. I don't know. Oh, I didn't see no pictures of Friar Tuck. But. <laughs> He's got that staff. <laughs> uh, so. It really is like I, I remember I was telling a friend of mine like oh I have you know sixteen percent Portuguese you know sixteen percent Spanish Chinese this and that and then someone told me oh you're a mongrel and like obviously it was a time where it was a little bit more accepted to say that without it being really really sure. insensitive and I laughed but it, technically it's kind of true like we have a lot of different races it's a melting pot and so it was really funny that he was telling me the story of his grandmother how she literally would not talk to him because she did not want her daughter marrying a white guy Ooh. and then now having mixed race kids. And, it, and it's like a lot of thing. It, it happens a lot in the, like an old generation. And he said, that, he said that whenever she wanted him to get her something, mm -hmm. she would point and grunt <laughs> and be like, uh, uh. It, I think he might be onto something. I think the older generations, they were very, I guess, because like she might have been alive during World War II. It's sure. possible. And yeah, that, that was a very rough time because the Japanese occupation that, and, you know, a lot of people were murdered and sure. stuff like that. So maybe she's bringing a little bit of that I don't like the other thing. <laughs> you know, I don't <laughs> just know. Or if she lived in America for a long time and experienced. No, not at all. Oh, she's, she's from, from the Philippines. Philippines. Yeah, she's from the Philippines. She's probably, it's one of those afraid of the other things. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, Usually, Filipinos love like foreigners. I found you to be nothing but warm. Yeah. So, so let's talk because I loved that movie. I can't even pronounce it. No, I just call it "What Isn't There." That's the English. What isn't there is the English. Is the English title, and then the Filipino title is "Ang Nawawala." I think I could have done okay. You could have, but some people just be like, "Ah oh, la 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 la." I, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Let's be honest. I would have been like, "Ang Nawawala." That <laughs> close. Yeah. You got the first syllable right. <laughs> got it. It's only yes. Um, so, right now, Marie is crowdfunding on Seed and Spark. Uh, familiar with that? Because we just finished chasing very Fletcher successful. Allen. Yeah, we did. We did chasing Fletcher Allen through, or, or uh, yeah, chasing Fletcher Allen. We did that through Seed and Spark, and you Geekscapists were helpful in that. But now we got a, uh, Marie's got this short film, and she's crowdfunding for it on Seed and Spark. Uh, what is it called? It's called A Song for Myself. Uh -huh. And it's a short film for the AFI's uh, directing workshop for women. Um, it's a very prestigious program because for the last 40 years, AFI gives around eight women um, from out of hundreds who are kind of later in their careers but have never been given a big break in Hollywood. So you can't be like fresh out of film school or whatever. You have to have had some experience. Um, but they they know that there's no gender parity in directing for television and film right now. So they want to change that. And so they give a, a year and a half tuition-free MFA to eight women. Um, I'm the first Filipino woman in the program in, the, in 40 ever. years. Ever. Yes. Wow. And so that's a real like honor. It was, I know it's very hard to get in. And one of the requirements, the final project is to make a short. And the short can be a proof of concept of a feature, which is what we're doing. Um, and this short is basically about a Filipino cover band in Las Vegas in the 90s, where it was cool to play artists like white or black music, but not like brown music. Mm -hmm. And our lead singer, who's our protagonist, her name is Maya. You know, she left home and she's been traveling. She had to leave her newborn child. And she's Filipino. She's Filipino and her yeah. whole band is Filipino. And 
what people don't know is that actually one of the biggest exports of the Philippines is people, like our overseas Filipino workers. And people know about the nurses and the engineers, but most people don't know about the entertainers. Well, who the, does the nails? Hmm? That's Koreans. Koreans do the nails. Yes. Okay. I'm racist. And, uh, but if you go to any like, you know, like you go to theme parks or cruise ships or yeah. hotel bars, you see a band in the bar and they sound like a radio version, but they're all brown. Those are Filipino. Okay. And um, so it's basically about one of those bands and our lead singer, she wants to, she made an original song about her like missing home and about her child, but her band doesn't want to play it. Nobody's interested in hearing it. They want to hear Hulus and Blues. Who, who listens to the news? Yeah, who, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they want to hear 80s, 90s covers and totally. stuff like that. And yeah. it takes place in the 90s. 90s, yeah. Like Captain Marvel. Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet, but I can't wait. Okay, cool. When you do, you can go back a couple episodes of Geekscape and listen to the special we did. Sick. Talking all about it. Um, okay, so you, so this is your short. Um, all of your films work through like work their way around music yes and it's a song for her so geekscape is if you're listening to this right now and you're near a computer or put yourself a little note go over to see the spark hit that donate button i'll put a link in the show notes and uh let's help get this movie financed and made yes um so you're always working with music because i know that <clears throat> um i just want to keep calling it that's closer <clears throat> What isn't there, man? What isn't there? I know that your 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 feature film, What Isn't There, took place, and I loved it so much that it, 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 Geekscape is. It reminds me of Blankets, Craig Thompson's Blankets. Oh yeah, the I love that. Back, because it's so much about like that first love that you think is going to be like the one, and and it just is really just like a summer. But it's about that kind of fleeting first love, and but the backdrop of it. There's a couple more things going on in the film. He's a twin to a deceased brother, and that's really huge because he has this identity stuff going on. He also is... Uh, selectively mute. He's selectively mute. Yeah, because he stopped talking. And the whole uh, movie takes place in the backdrop of like the indie Manila scene, that, like indie scene. That the mute, rock scene, yeah. The rock scene yeah. that, that Marie's all about. Yeah. So the and whole music thing, is kind of the way he communicates to people. So much freaking texture in that movie. It was crazy. You then went on a couple years ago and you made the short film. Yes, I made a short film called Flip the Record and it was about the real life, it's, it's based on a real scene in the Bay Area in the late 80s and 90s where a bunch of Filipino American kids started DJing in their garages. They made mobile crews, like, like literally like, like roving DJ crews when they were in high school. There were hundreds of them. And that's the scene where Mixmaster Mike from the Beastie Boys comes from, mm -hmm. DJ Qbert. And they became world-class turntablists. They, these kids who started out like just buying turntables and wanting to rock the parties in their parents' um, their parents' garages, they ended up becoming, like pushing the envelope of turntablism. And so my short is, it actually is based on a little bit of the strong women I met in that scene. Um, the women who would watch their like their brothers or their cousins like leave the house and rock out, and then they would actually teach themselves how to DJ or teach themselves how to MC or scratch. sneak out of the house or scratch and all that. So it's like the birth of scratch in that area. Um, Netflix has this new series uh, that is about a DJ, and it's um, oh man, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, what? It, it's it's Idris Elba. And Idris oh. Elba has this new series uh, about being a like has been DJ, mm -hmm. and his like successful actor friend from from school has moved back to London. Yeah, 
he's a successful actor, uh, and he takes them on as a nanny for their kid. Okay. And his wife's a DJ. Oh, His sick. wife's a super successful DJ. What's and, the show called? Uh, I told him. Turn up. I want to call him Johnny, but I, it's Frankie. Turn okay. up Frankie, I think, is what it's called, and it's on Netflix, and it's it's really it's and it's comedy. Oh, nice! And you know that Idris Elba is also like a DJ. Yes, I do, because like he when he premiered his film at Sundance last year that he directed, he DJ's his own after party. So and I was really sad because I wanted to crash that. <laughs> oh no! But I, yeah. So he so yeah, check that series out because it's it's pretty funny and it's Idris Elba doing comedy. Yeah, Stringer Bell does comedy. Yeah, Holy Stringer crap. Bell doing comedy. I thought it was awesome. Um... You did the short. The short played everywhere. It I did. Like. It, it, it had gone to over like 40 film festivals. It's still playing. It's, it's a two-year-old short, but it's at Luna Fest right now, which is basically a festival um, by female directors about female, it's about like women, and it's traveling all around America for like, two, they have 200 stops all across America. It's eight films, and basically it's all fundraising. Like it's fundraising for charities that benefit young girls or women or give scholarships and stuff like that. So that's called LunaFest. So if it goes near your town, I think the coffee maker is bubbling. Did the coffee maker? That's the coffee maker. We were enjoying coffee right now. It's a weekend. Yeah, it'll stop. Oh, yeah, totally. I can also run in. It'll explode. Yeah, yeah. If you don't hear from us again, you know what happened. <laughs> the coffee maker blew up in her face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so We're all disfigured. Now, did right? that lead to, I mean, what did that lead to? Because, like, you made the short. It did really well. Yes, then, to be honest, like, um, moving to America five years ago, I wasn't got given a lot of opportunity to direct as a, you know, as a woman of color. I was given a lot of e- editing work, um, but no one would give me a chance to direct. So when we actually decided to self-finance the short and it got into a lot of festivals, I feel that it really, we basically created the opportunity for me to direct. And because of that, a show that, we did a pilot for a couple years ago, got the green light. It's a food and animation show called Family Style, which is on Warner Brothers Stage 13. It's a digital network. It's going to be on Facebook Watch this May. And oh, it's shit. Ba- yeah, and it's basically an Asian-American food show told through this perspective of second-generation like foodies, not through like any chef or food critic or whatever that's very alienating. It's like through like, you know, 20-something Asian Americans, and we also mix animation. So we have stop motion and like paper animation and stuff like that. And it's like, we call it like our foodie Sesame Street. And who is in that series? Because I know that like, I I saw Grant Amahara from, and like he, and he's like, I forget how you came up, but I ran into him and he's like, oh yeah, I'm with Heidi. uh, It was at Heidi's play that I ran into him. Mm -hmm. Heidi from Chasing Fletcher Allen, had a play, and uh, hi Heidi, she always listens. Hi Heidi. And um, and Grant sat down next to me. Yeah. And I knew Grant like peripherally through the geek world and stuff like that, and um, and uh, Grant was on Mythbusters. Yes. And then um, and we just talked because we we're sitting next to each other, and I don't know how you came up, but he's like, oh yeah, I'm meeting with Marie, I'm working with Marie next week, or tomorrow even. Yeah. And that was pretty small world. Um, I, you know, it, this is this episode is really blessed because I mean, I we got him on the show because of Schnapp. Like I, we wanted an episode where, cause since it's a Asian food show, we wanted an episode that busted the myth of 
The Japanese myth of women cannot be sushi chefs because their hands are warmer than men's. What? Yeah, that's, that that's a thing. They're always just like, oh, women can't make good sushi. And that's been a, like propagated for hundreds of years. What? And so we got Grant. Because their hands are warmer? Yeah. But Grant helped us like step by step. We had a male sushi chef, a female sushi chef. It was like a battle of the sexes, like tasting menu. Uh-huh. And he had some science. He brought the science into yeah, it. Yeah, he had infrared guy. cameras. And he, like, I won't tell you what happened. You'll have to see the show. But, like, he, it was awesome. And then it was him, Diane Doan from Warrior. Okay. She was, like, also one of the judges who ate. And then, of course, Lana McKissack is one of our hosts. Um, is Warrior that new Bruce Lee series that's starting up over at Showtime? Yes. I got... That's great. Yeah. That's really cool. And so we got a lot of great guests, like Harry Shum Jr. from Crazy Rich Asians was on a show. We got... Um, Hudson Yang from Fresh Off the Boat and his dad, who is a uh, CNN uh, contributor and journalist. And they basically, we have a meal at their house where they talk about like how food, how he he kept his Taiwanese culture alive in the household through food with Hudson. And it's just kind of, it was really great. I feel that the conversations that people have who aren't chefs but who love food are so rich, are just as rich as people who who have studied food and have gone to school for mm-hmm. food. Like, it's just kind of, it's kind of amazing because everybody has that. You find out about their families, you find out about how they're raised by their parents, and you find out, like, there's a newfound appreciation and kind of pride for for the food because Asian food is blowing up right That now, being right? said, Geeks gave us just because I don't want it to be a conflict of interest. Marie did just cook lunch for us, <laughs> and uh, I didn't ask shit about her family. <laughs> <laughs> but you did eat. You did eat it, so yeah, that's, no, a good, you're, that's a good sign. I mean, he, yeah, no, you're a good cook. I can see why Jason married you. And that's why we gained 30 pounds. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> so, Geekscapist, again, like a song for her. You're going to look for it over on uh, Seed and Spark. Whatever you can do, share it, like it. I know that from doing Chasing Fletcher Allen, just the act of following the project yes. really helps because there are some incentives that the filmmakers get whenever people follow uh, their project. It really helps them get extra stuff totally and like um, for example if you hit a couple like if they have you hit some landmarks you get free festival waivers you get some free equipment it's really amazing why did you guys choose Seasons Park um, um, AFI has a deal with Seasons Park okay and they've been really great when I went to um, Stowe in Vermont for my screenwriting fellowships mm-hmm. um, Seasons Park was one of the sponsors and like came and talked to us and stuff and that's kind of why I was like okay let's try that out yeah and I, and they're, I, I like they're very filmmaker friendly they're very fil- like they really want I think they're really gearing for filmmakers, and you have to—I mean, you have to make eighty percent of your goal to get it greenlit. It's sure. not a hundred percent like Kickstarter, right? Which is great. It's nice to have that little buffer, you know. What um, we got to talk about this short? I didn't even—it was it a short that I, that is a Tribeca or the feature? I don't it's even. A short. I didn't even know about this that you did this. Oh yeah, so um, because when we did flip the record, one of our producers—he, you know—he did it for free. Like he was a. A producer we met at the Slamdance Film Festival, where me and my husband met. We were so grateful to find people to work on our set for free that we kind of wanted to pay it forward. Wait, you paid some of your crew, right? Um, for flip the record. Yeah. Like we paid our actors, like you know, micro budget stuff. But like a lot of the crew were just really there for free. Holy crap! And and people, you know, they obviously it was Halloween weekend. They would come in shifts. They'd be like, I can help you for these amount of hours. We're like, we'll take it. I helped you with casting. You totally did. You were like, you literally, <laughs> he was literally the actor who was playing off like all the girls who were like auditioning for the leads. I came out of that with no Filipino girlfriends. 
Yeah, but a lot of like, you know, flirting a little bit. But it's weird no, because you have to be the brother. No, get out of here with that. You, know, <laughs> you have no to be the brother, flirting. so it's like weird if it's flirting. It's kind of <laughs> there creepy. no flirting. I didn't <laughs> flirt. I was a professional. See, so you work for free. So everybody, like, we were so lucky that people were just so supportive. So we wanted to kind of bring put that karma out in the universe. Mm-hmm. So one of the filmmakers we met at Slamdance, her name is Dana Nachman, and she's actually a, a very successful documentary narrative filmmaker she made bad kid begins mm-hmm. um which was bought by julia roberts's company she got and then last year she came out with a doc called pick of the litter which is about like service dogs mm. which is going to be made into a tv show right that now. that i want to see yeah so that's yes you're gonna love that one mm. and, and so she was like telling us how she wanted to become a like transition to narrative films as well and we got drunk in a happy hour and we were just like hey man if you need help producing your short we'll do it and we did and you guys we, saw that here in LA? We did shoot it in LA. She's based in San Jose, but okay. we we all did it in LA. Um, and then you know we were like great. And then just a couple of weeks ago, we found out it got into Tribeca, and that's its world premiere. Wow! And it's great because um, it stars Veronica Dunn of um, Casey Undercover in the Disney Channel, and this is kind of like a very different role for her. It's kind of a yeah. So it's called Hookup 2.0. If you're in New York City for the Tribeca Film Festival, please try to make it. Because that's like going on here in April. Tribeca is gonna is during April, so yeah, yeah that's yeah. coming right up. It is coming. It's pretty awesome. I they, wish we could be up there, but our friend Tommy Avaloni, who's been on the show, he was on the show a few months ago for his uh, film about Bill Murray, the Bill Murray stories. Ooh. He's got a movie called Waldo on Weed about a little boy whose eyesight he had cancer in his eye. Yeah, and the weed was his his father. Don't know if it was legal or not, mm-hmm. but started using oil and yes. stuff like that for like CBD oil and everything for for the kid yes. to help his cancer treatment and it's that like that movie is premiering at Tribeca. That sounds amazing, and it's that's completely true because I know a friend of mine, um, her son has um, like seizures. Oh wow! And um, you know, it's actually my sister's friend, and she. Like she lent them some CBD oil, and they would just put some on the little kid's lips, and he would like his seizures stopped. I gotta tell you, I'm straight edge as hell, but I want my mom who has mild epilepsy to start doing some stuff of that. Yeah, my, you know, like... She lives in New Mexico. How's everybody in New Mexico not already doing weed? Right? Yeah. Maybe she's secretly doing... They're all doing peyote and stuff like that. Like, Hey, that that, that could help. I've never done it, but I don't know. I don't know what does. Like, it's like old medicine. It's like the spirit state, right? Yeah. the state of like... Your mom it, could be seeing some of, of the ancestors. Yeah. Yeah, she could be talking to the ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> she could see the future. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. Her grandfather, Guadalajara, lived to 103. The ancestors still pumping blood. Dude. <laughs> Her yeah. mom's still alive. So what's their secret? I don't know, but they both, like, at 100. They both lived at past 100. That's amazing. My, my grandmother alive. lived past 100, too. Yeah. But she was just like an... She was Brown just don't like go down. Very, no, she was very, like, stubborn. So oh. she was just like... She was waiting for my. She was waiting for a grandchild, mm-hmm. and the minute like she was like, "Where's my grandchild?" And the minute it was there, like she just like held it, and like a couple of weeks later, she, <laughs> she just fades like, away. Yeah, she's just like, "I'm good." <laughs> she's just like dead. remembering Dark Crystal when like the sexies, like whenever the sexies would die, like a mystic would also die, uh-huh. and they would fade away. Oh my god, remember that? <laughs> I don't remember those parts. Like, no, like it's been a while since it. You hand your you hand your grandmother like the child, and she's like, "Thank you." And then like, like, fa- like Yoda, <laughs> yeah, like, like fades Yoda, away. Like, <laughs> it's like, and then just like the, the just the, the little baby drifts the, just, yeah, the, the drifts floor. to the ground. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about your grandmother dying at this kind of levity. But welcome to Geekscape. Hello, yes. Um, that's awesome though that you have a short in Tribeca that you produced. Yeah, we're really excited. That's it's huge. the first. It's like the last time I had a short in Tribeca was like in the like 
for film school. I remember the last time I had a short in Tribeca was never. So <laughs> <laughs> we're thinking about. I mean, that's definitely one of the top festivals that I'm aiming chasing Fletcher Allen. Definitely at. because they do episodics. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You, yeah. So got to do that. We keep calling. I keep calling chasing Fletcher Allen a pilot. I think I have Heidi on board thinking about it so as a pilot. So it's not 100% sure? You're just kind of... Well, it was written as a short, but she's like, you don't... I don't know what there is after the short. And I was like, well, we could spin off any of these characters. Yes. There's so many characters in that short, many of which were acted on by were acted by our good friends from Geekscape, like Cooper Barnes, etc. Like, we could totally put that together. Yes, and also, like, as is something that's like maybe 22 minutes. Yeah. Like, the short, like, shorts work better as, sh- like, very short. Yeah, 10 minutes. And... Yeah, 10 to We would 12. be a freaking gorilla up in that. Yes. And so having it an episodic really, you know, and, and also like not so many people submit episodics as much as short. So okay. I feel that it's like it'll stand out more. I was going to ask you, do yeah. you think that we have an advantage when we submit to episodics to like South By or Tribeca over shorts? Because, uh, yeah, we would be a gorilla in the shorts category. Totally. But episodic, somebody might sit down and be like, okay, I'm in it for 20 minutes. Yes, for sure. Okay, that was a discussion we we're gonna have. Maybe not on Geekscape. It's fine that we're having it on Geekscape because there's filmmakers who listen to the show who are like, it's very okay. helpful because we used to. Um, I used to program for the Slamas Film Festival, mm-hmm. and like, programming is really about how many films. Like, what what are your pro your shorts blocks? Right. What's in the block? What what are the themes of the block? And how many films are in this block? And how they complement stuff. And you have a, if you have a 22 minute film, you're taking up already like two slots. Two so or three fil- slots. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you're, so your film has to be three times better than everything else. That's tough. It will not be. <laughs> <laughs> we have. I mean, we have name actors in it. Yeah, that's great. I think that helps, right? It totally helps. Uh, name actors helps. Uh, totally. It doesn't even need to be good now, right? It has to be. Good. I'm just talking myself off the ledge here. You kid. are. I mean, it's going to be good because you guys made it. <laughs> right. Thank you. And it's got the Geekscape logo. Yes. You can pat yourselves on the back for that one, Geekscapist. So. You've got this new uh, short film that you're raising the money for, uh, for the AFI program. Again, it's a song for her, Geekscapist. So you definitely want to go to Season Spark. Song for myself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's I'm okay, sorry. but it's also a song, a song for me. For, it is a song for you. A song <laughs> for myself. I'm so sorry. No, don't be. A song for myself is what you're going to look for. Or just click down to the show notes on this episode and you're going to see the link to Season Spark to donate or follow or share. Uh, Marie's project. You definitely want to do music that. movies. This is this is one of them. Yeah, you you making these music movies. What were like your inspirations growing up in like Manila when you guys got those like imported VHS tapes? I love that you remember that. So yeah. What do you mean the, I remember that? No, because like I mean, obviously there was Filipino TV and there's no cable. You ain't watching that. That no. stuff was probably crazy. No, it was just like it was whatever. Yeah. But uh, it was a lot of government propaganda. But like the my uncle who lived in Detroit would tape. MTV and kind of tape like TV movies. Yeah. So I got the Godfather, like the the TV version, like in it was in chronological order. And holy uh, crap! So they took Godfather one and Godfather two, and they did it in chron- like it started off with De Niro and then it went like that's Godfather two. Yeah, but the, the TV oh, they version. Oh, them together. Yeah, the TV version Wait. of the Godfather is actually chronological. It's not nonlinear. Wait. Yes. Hold up. Yes. Because I knew none of this. So. If I was to watch Godfather 1 yes. on TV, they would include that part from Godfather 2 that was the De Niro stuff? Yeah, you would start the Godfather with... Godfather um, 2 stuff. 2, and then him like coming to America, and then his life, and then all that stuff, until, and then you would meet Michael way late, later on. And then, and you, so you wouldn't even see... 
Sonny Corleone from like the beginning where he's yeah. like, I do you a favor, I do you. Yeah, you would. Like, you wouldn't see that until like way later. Yeah, way later. It's like act two, you know? Holy Yeah, crap. it was like, so I when I saw The Godfather, like as it was, like Godfather 1, I'm like, wait, it starts like this? Like it I was like very, Marlon Brando. Yeah, yeah, I was shocked. I was like, but wait, where's De Niro? So it's very <laughs> He's not even in the first but movie. But I think that they have that maybe, I'm sure like you geekscapists know where you can find that chronological version of The Godfather that they released on TV. Yeah, Topher Grace is going to edit it and put it on YouTube like it does in the Star Wars movies. Yeah. I don't... What? Yeah. Okay, so your uncle in Detroit would be like just taping movies off of TV and, and mailing would, them to you. He would like... Yeah, he would mail them to us. Like He'd wrap it up in foil. like in, Foil? Because no, he was sometimes he would come back to the Philippines to... So you know how the x-rays like sometimes wreck was the Was he tapes? not supposed to be doing that? Was there like a government thing no. that was like, no, state-run TV only? No, I don't think so. I feel that maybe at the time he just knew that the x-ray machines tended to like affect film. So he would wrap it up in the foil so it would protect the tapes from the x-ray machines, which were very strong at that time. And then so I would watch a lot of music Chicken nuggets. No, it's a VHS. (laughs) Yeah. No, I really liked that. We'd watch that on loop. I'd watch Family Ties. Um... Because he would tape it, and there was also like Wonder Years stuff. But it was like Monster Squad. He taped that for me. Holy also. shit! And um, yeah, it was really, it was really great. So you guys got none of that. And, I, mean, I mean, growing up in like Manila, right? Yeah. And you, this is the eighties, nineties. Yes. You go to a movie theater. Do they have any American fare whatsoever? They did, but we would get them six months later. Like six, like it would be yeah, like the internet. Oh, the premiere it. of Home Alone six months after it in, premiered in the states. And it's not a Chris. It's a Christmas movie during the summer. Now. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, totally. You're like it snows in the U.S. in the summer. Yeah, that's exactly. weird. But we were so just so happy to see it. We didn't care. It wasn't Christmas, right? And so there was a time a little later on where we started having these like video stores. Yeah, but mom the, and pop shops. Yeah, mom and pop shops. But they, it's not like legit blockbuster. It's like no. they would like pirate it. It was just like that's how it started here in the states. Yeah. Well, the states throughout the '80s. It was mom and pop video stores. But before what, how would they get? They would like tape it off of like whatever. No, those they would buy from the studios for like a hundred plus dollars each VHS oh. tape. So that's legit. That's see? legit. So Filipinos did not. Filipinos do that. would just do VHS they copies. Would, they would probably get like maybe the laserdisc tape a VHS version of the laserdisc and then make like five. Like for example, Basic yeah. Instinct. They'll make five VHS of Basic Instinct. Rent those out. Right, right. Yeah, stuff like that. Before the DVD stuff came That's out. That's awesome. Yeah. And I remember I was like in the room and I was like, told the guy, I was like, I want to watch Basic Instinct. And then he was just How like, you? I was pretty young. You can't and then, be watching Basic Instinct. And then he looked at me and he was like, I'll only rent it to you if your mom says yes. And I look at my mom. I'm like, mom, can I rent it? She's like, okay. She had no idea what it was. So I was like, thanks. Okay, let's go. And With then, the Sharon Stone uncrossing her legs totally. and everything. Like, and there's more than that. I mean, the, yeah, the crossing legs is like the famous part, but there's a lot of sex in that. And you were like, I like this stuff. Yeah, I didn't know. I How did I know that that movie was going to be good? I have no clue. My sisters, um, they really, like, they would, you know, find black market, like, European films in, like, the Ch- in Chinatown and stuff. What were some of your favorite movies, like, growing up that, like, led you to be in a director? Oh, my God. So You got to do it. You so, of course, it. like, obviously, like, the conventional answer is E.T. Because that one, you know, like, yeah. that changes my life. Because I was just, like... I don't know. It, it, I felt like Elliot, even though he looked nothing like me. I just felt like... A little like, bit. What? <laughs> I have the same height as Elliot, yeah. pretty much. That's probably it. <laughs> yeah, like, I like Reese's Pieces. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, I, I mean, the other movies that really affected me when I was young, my sister, like, rented, like, My Life as a Dog, which is this Danish film, which is totally. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Dude, my dad watched that. Really? 
It was good. It was so good. And it's just... That's like when everybody was looking for European movies like The Red Balloon and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, I want to watch European movies. I don't know what that whole trend was, but I think it was maybe... It was like growing, when, when VHS came around, yes. people were just bringing in European movies. And I remember My Life as a Dog yes. and The Red Balloon being big VHS movies. Yes. There was a French movie <coughs> called Au revoir les enfants. The fuck? It was like Goodbye My Children okay. by Louis Malle. And that one was really great because it was basically about like a Catholic school in France where the priests started hiding little Jewish boys from the Germans. Oh. Yeah. And it's like, it sounds like real, like a downer, but it's a beautiful friendship, like, movie, and it was, I don't know. So a lot of, like, European stuff. And you're a kid watching a little bit more sophisticated movies than we're getting over here in the popcorn fair. Yes. Because my, si- my older sister, my oldest sister, she was 13 years older than me. She was 18 watching all these art films. I was, like, really young, and I was just, like, watching along with them. So I watched Body Double. Remember that Melanie Griffith, like, sexy movie? Where, no. Anyway, guys, you might know, like this. If you like Melanie Griffith, there's a, it's Brian De Palma. I only know Trey like, 2000. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of like a thriller Hitchcockian, like, thing. But lots of boobs, lots of sex. Frankie Goes to Hollywood does, like, a scene there. That's how, mm-hmm. like, whatever. That's your music tie-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my music tie-in. But, like... Um, that movie, I was watching that maybe at seven years old. Not Holy should not be watching crap. that movie at seven years like old. Boob City. Yeah, it, and like sex and murder and stuff. Kind of interesting. It's called Buddy Double? Body Double. And it's a Brenda Palma movie. I think so. Oh, Melanie shit. Griffith. Like that's the first time I ever saw her. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you're watching all that stuff, and but you went into music. Yes, because my, as, again, my older sister, she was like kind of like in art school in college. She had a band. She loved this uh, British band called Japan with David Sylvian. And so she, they would have a, like a cover band of Japan in our basement. And they would have all these like painters and artists and stuff. And I was like what? six years old, just like kind of like weaving through their legs, just checking out what they were doing, thought that they were really cool. Just have these painters over yeah. and make some painting. They weren't making paintings, but they were music. all like talking about film and playing music and then my sisters actually we had a really great record collection because since my dad was a doctor who was a doctor for klm he would get all these free flights and so what my sister and brother would be like they'd give him a list of records and say give us buy, buy us these records and he would get them in like london or in the states wrap them in foil no you didn't need foil <laughs> know, for that, but you I just know. made sure they weren't wouldn't warp yeah and so we had a good record collection so people like coming over so they could listen to our record collection that's crazy. Yeah. So you grew up with art. Yeah. What, uh, your older sister. Yes. What she do? She is a journalist now. She writes about arts and culture and food in the national newspaper in the Philippines right now. Okay. Yeah. So she's stuck with it. Yeah, dude. She's like, she, she has a band. Like, what? Her, her, um, her band, like, so her, she Old married a man. Old people can't have bands. So she's like in her, I won't say, I won't age her, but she's, yeah. she has a band. They just launched their EP yesterday, actually. Uh, I was looking at the Instagram stories. I was like, f- super FOMO. On that, and um, her husband and her, like her husband's called Scott, called his name is Scott Garceau, and they met in Boston. Um, he moved to the Philippines twenty over twenty years ago, and then they he's a guitarist, singer, she's a drummer, also. Like you, you could see how much she affected me, and uh-huh. she was like my inspiration. Yeah, and they just released an EP you be right interviewing now. Interviewing her, instead you of should a totally be interviewing. She's so much cooler than I am. Mini me. She's a flamenco dancer. She can do what? more stuff than do me. Do some dancing now. Yeah, exactly. No, and so they're called the Garceaux, and yeah, they just released an EP. That's crazy. Yeah, your whole family's like that. Ish. My brother's a, a, a chef, and like so, you okay. can see why the, where the food thing yeah. comes from. Yeah. yeah. My other sister's an actress. She was in my movie. 
She was in your movie. She was in my movie. She was in your movie. Um, can we see the movie? Is it like the can the Geekscapists in the states or in Canada or Australia or any of those? Like, can the Geekscapists see your movie? Jason, so I'm asking my husband. Yeah. How can the Geekscapists watch? What is it there? Is it on any streaming platforms? It will be. We might no, put, it, put it on Vimeo. Get paid. Put it. You know what you guys do is what? put it on Amazon. Yeah, we, we're looking because Amazon that. you'll at least get paid. Yeah. I don't know if Vimeo has a paid you wall. Do, you could do a rent. But thing. but Amazon has a rental thing, yes. and I have lots of friends who've done that. Our that friend is, Jason trusted the Amazon thing. So Jason is n- nodding. Yeah, maybe put it on Amazon and see if the Amazon thing will, yes. will go. Yes. So right I'm now, wait, you guys haven't done it yet. Is there a rights thing going down? We, um, long story, but we had a, li- a limited uh, release on DVD. Mm-hmm. A couple years back, we sold out of everything. It was. Um, I have a copy. And then since, yeah, you have a copy. Um, since it was my first feature, I would say that I wasn't as produ- producer savvy as I yeah. was. So our music rights have to be renewed. So okay. So I, once we just do that. Little bit, we'll we'll release it. But you know all the bands. I do, but there's some like major record stuff, major record label stuff. Uh oh. So it's just a little bit, you know, just a little tricky. Okay. But so Jason has a big smile on his face. Jason, the husband slash producer slash. I I don't know if I'm telling you guys too much. Animator slash everything. But that's Um, the reason why it's not online, guys. Like it's not because it's rated X or anything like that. It's just a you know, it's just like a little logistical thing. You know what's crazy is Netflix. Mm -hmm. There's a hundred titles that go that that. Are dated that were produced between the onset of film, like the early 1900s, late 1800s, which just aren't movies. But there are a hundred titles that were produced on Netflix streaming between 1910 yeah. and 1990. Whoa! It's a terrible library. Oh my god! Of movies, it is a terrible way to catalog film. Streaming is really just the last 30 years of movies. Yep. And a lot of that is because music rights lapses. So you are not alone. Like, think yeah. about all those John Hughes 80s movies with yes. the iconic soundtracks. And remember how Freaks and, and Geeks? Bands, yeah. Freaks and Geeks had a hard time releasing on DVD because of the rights. So Music I, is the one that is the linchpin for all this stuff. Yeah. And of course, like, I don't, like, there's a Filipino movie I won't name in the name, but, like, it's an 80s movie. Pack that Pack? I have the DVD. No, it's not that one. But, like, it... Like, I was watching the DVD that I have, and there was, like, a Michael Jackson song in, like, a disco scene. And I'm just like, dude, and a Madonna song. I'm like, guys, you didn't pay for that, but you, like, release this on DVD. It's fine with you guys, but I don't want to do that. I'm not going to be that no, person. No, because you, know? you respect musicians. Yeah, totally. As a musician, and I want respect to treat them right, and I'm not going to do that to them. So that's the reason why. Okay. Well, you give me a lot to think about because we're, we're in editing and the music and, and we're, we're going to do it right. And you know a lot of bands. You're going to get kick-ass music. Just make sure in, per- a lot of in perpetuity, my friend, all media. For Chasing Fletcher Allen, uh, I think Heidi and I want to do Female Fronted. Nice. Because yes. it's a female fronted movie. For sure. For my feature, yeah, it's like we're getting, it's going to get hooked. I have a friend... I, off, when we're done with this, I'm going to tell you about my friend's band, and they're awesome. Okay. They're recording an EP right now, and they're really done. Good. Yeah. I've just noticed that all my punk friends yeah. from like back in like the '90s and 2000s who were in punk bands, they're all doing folk music now. They've chilled the fuck out. Have you out? noticed that that like the punk guys are all getting into like folk music? It's because they're all dads now. Yeah. They're just like oh, they want their kids to listen to their music. <clears throat> I just want to do my acoustics and do acoustic guitars, and like they're all putting out folk albums. They're all putting out like really artsy albums, and I'm like. Well, that's kind of an okay soundtrack to this next film, and like, let's figure that out. So, I'm loving it. 
but but uh, but, I th- but every now and then I like to rock and roll. <laughs> so. You just remind me of Juliet na- Naked, really, like for a second. Like yeah, that, that was movie. A good you movie. also love it, right? I love I that love movie that too. Movie, yeah. I love that movie too. Yeah, all these all these bands we loved. I was like, oh, you kind of mellowed out there. You did a folk album. That's what happens. But I did. Um, I got the new Bouncing Souls EP, and that's fun. And I and the Dolly Rots are coming to town. I like them. They're female nice. fronted. That's great. Punk rock girl. So the, the band. I was like, I want. I just realized I just do want to do a shout out for them. So they're called the Paranoids, mm-hmm. but it's N O Y D S, and it's female N-O-Y-D-S. fronted. Yeah, uh, girlfriend of mine from Slam Dance. She's like the she's the back, like second singer and keyboardist there. In L.A. They're in L.A. They're recording their EP right now. You're doing the video, or am I doing the video? I hope we both do videos. I've already told them. I was Holy like, Guys, shit! Because I love that fucking band. Yeah. Like I wanted to literally get their male drummer, throw him off the drum set, and then just do it myself. Yeah. But he's, but he's really great, so I okay. can't do it. The Paranoids. The Paranoids. They're great. Okay. I'm only gonna do that with the drummer because I'm jealous. Well, I'll get you behind a kit. You can make folk music. I don't want to do folk music. <laughs> I don't have kids yet. <laughs> so, um, guys, we've been joking. And gals, we've been joking around a lot. We've been getting to know each other. Um, the main thing I really want you guys to do is go to the show notes, click on that Seed and Spark link to Marie's movie, a song for myself. For myself. Yes. A song for myself. If you and can help donate, amazing. Funded. If you can follow, like it, that's Equally as amazing. Just let your friends know about it. Especially your female friends. Be like, hey, help this kick-ass lady make her movie. Yeah, Jonathan's friend, female director of color. (laughs) Who will, yeah, Jonathan ain't going to have anything to do with this whole thing. All right? I don't know. My stink won't be on it. All right? My stink won't be on it. (laughs) You don't know yet. It's early. (laughs) Get away with the crew list. You'll see. I'll deliver the pizza. You're going to see like... The, like he's gonna make a cameo. I'm not. T- the, I'm not they're gonna be qualified. one of the Vegas guys. You're totally hey, ladies, uh, you guys take your shirts off. <laughs> Is there a scene where like the ladies are trying to perform and dudes are being like, 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 uh, really gross to them? I have a lot of like lascivious Las Vegas guys, and I think you. I don't you know, might, Marie. No. <laughs> I'm not really a good actor. You are a good actor. So no, you. I'm not a good actor, and I don't know if I could play sleazy because I'm just so sleazy in real life. Then you just have They're to like just, that you just have to be. You just have to like just <laughs> Wait, are you shooting the short in Vegas? No, we have to shoot in LA in July. Okay. And we'll shoot some B roll in uh, well, in Vegas. You know, July is Comic Con. We're gonna be at Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con. So What's the dates? Because I think it's after. It starts the sixteenth. Yeah, it'll it'll be done. So you're the last week of July. You're gonna shoot the, the last, last week. week you're of gonna July. shoot the last week of July. So after Comic Con, maybe I'll give you a cameo. Yeah, you'll have like a you have a nice like San Diego tan yeah. and then you'll be like You guys the band? Yeah. Maybe show your tits. Like, is, that, is there a guy like that? There's, I could, I could change the so, lines. No, so you don't can change the, your art for can, my inability to have, be I, creative. I don't think I have the, tit, the word tits in my. But script. you know, like I imagine in the movie that a band that was all females in Vegas. They're not all female. She's just the lead okay, singer. Okay, so she's the lead singer. She's the eye candy, I, but she's more than. Yeah, that. I bet that like you get some guys who are like, hey. Oh yeah. Show some skin. Yeah. Like some gross dude. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> okay, well, we can talk about And you about can it. just do that with your eyes. You don't have to say the skin. Yeah. yeah. Is this my audition? <laughs> yes, you're doing very well. <laughs> no, no, I'm not an actor. It's not good. Hey, baby. maybe put. Why is your the... voice getting so low? Like, <laughs> why aren't you using your real voice? I'm acting. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Maybe put down the guitar and pick up my... Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, like, why'd you do like... Hey. Why'd you do your Eddie Olmos, like, act? <laughs> do it in Latino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've told you that story where Edward Olmos was like, do it as Latino. 
and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, what is this? You're grilling me on how Hispanic I am? Yes. You remember and you Kiza? have to pass. Yeah, remember Kiza Terrazas? Huh? He was my year. He was a he's a Mexican filmmaker. No, no. I don't he works so. for Diego Luna and, and those guys now. He's like one of their development execs. What? Did you know Diego Luna started a company with Gail Garcia Bernal? I did not know that. And it's all Mexican Latino stuff. He worked for them. Sick. And so you know Diego Luna was my hall pass, right? Who? Diego Luna is my hall pass. Diego Luna, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. So we um, in Geekscape, as you know him from. Rogue One. <laughs> so we're um, we're back and forth on Facebook, and I was telling him about the lead in my next movie. He's just, like he's half white, half Mexican, like myself. And I was like, Yeah, no, you're. I'm like stuck in between because I have friends who are Mexican from like my workout group and stuff like that. They they do not respect me at all. And I've got yeah, it's like I'm stuck, man. It's like I'm not Hispanic enough for the Hispanic kids. I'm not white enough for the white kids. I'm just fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, own it, man. Like, yeah, and then, don't make them feel like you're less. So man. Edward James almost Geekscape, as I probably told you guys this story, and I definitely put the episode up on a pod when Edward James almost and I were on a, on a panel together. But is right, it the Miami Vice panel that I was at in Comic Con? Or, or, no, I th- no, I think it was LA. I think it was a LA Comic Con okay. panel, and it was a main stage panel. It was just me and Edward James almost and. Uh, and five minutes, ten minutes beforehand, we're in the back, and I go, "Hey, Eddie, I'm like the, I'm the uh, moderator for this conversation, you and me." And he just turns to me, and goes, "Do it as Latino." <laughs> <laughs> like all the blood in my face just went to my feet. Right, I was like, "Holy so, shit!" So what'd you say? He just turned his gaze to me. Yeah. And with, with just fucking pinpoint stare. With a like, Captain Adama, with the Admiral Adama Ca- eyes. Admiral Adama and like. Miami Vice just yeah. like stand and deliver. He yeah, just yeah, like yeah. He, dude, he just pinned me to the wall. It was like So what did you say? Do it as Latino. And I was like si, I, Well I switched <laughs> yeah, I switched to Spanish and I was like, Yeah, da, da, da. just like speaking Spanish. After what seemed like an eternity of speaking Spanish to him, he just goes, mm, bueno. <laughs> and he, he slaps my arm I was like let's do this then oh my god and I was amazing. like did I fucking have to audition to moderate with yes, him yes like, you did and that? you passed Ooh, but I didn't breathe through like that entire period I just was not breathing I was like oh my god uh, yeah do it Latino that's amazing <laughs> we, we saw him at a luncheon like a lunch party uh-huh. two weeks ago and like yeah I just had to just keep it all together as much as I could but in my mind I was just like stand and deliver stand and deliver like that's all yeah, I was American like, Me yeah Blade Runner like, Blade Runner Blade American Runner. Me is fantastic I haven't seen that I one. think Jimmy Smith should have been nominated for an all if, if he didn't get it was the year that what's his name won for Ed Wood oh. uh, Best Supporting Actor uh-huh. uh huh who was it Martin Landau yes but Jimmy Smith's performance in American Me is on another fucking level. It's incredible. Damn. Um, and and Jimmy Smith was also in Miami Vice. Yeah. Uh, he's very beginning. He's in the pilot. And he, he gets, was in Star Wars. He's too. in Star Wars. Oh my God! It all goes back to Miami Vice and Star Wars yeah. and nerdiness, and that's what we do. Uh, Geeks gave us. This is what we do. We sit and we talk about storytelling. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed having Marie on the show. We yes. talked music. We talked film. We talked a bunch of stuff. Our friendship. We talked our friendship. <laughs> and uh, we talked our race. <laughs> but what I really want you guys to do is I want you guys to go on the show notes, find that scene spark link to a song for herself. Myself. Fuck. Oh, man. You're really killing You might it. need to change the title to something mm. dummies like us can figure out. I don't know. Vegas Rock Girl Gets Whistled At. 
That's the, the name? movie. I don't know. That's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. But clearly a song for myself. Herself? Myself. Fuck. I said, clearly a song for myself. I'm Like the dummies are having trouble with it. I don't know, man. Did you think about the dumb audience when you... I usually try not to, man. You try and elevate the art form. I mean, There's not that mis- either. I just There's thought it was mistake. just... I thought it was in the middle enough to be like... Okay. doesn't sound like... A song for art myself. Art with capital A-R-T. But a yes. song for myself. Yes. Put a donation for Marie on the Seed and Spark link in the show notes. Yes. That's what I want you guys to do. Geekscape is... I love doing Geekscape. I don't always have the time to do Geekscape or the guests to do Geekscape, but I'm going down to WonderCon. I'm going to bring bring the recorder with me. Nice. We're going to do some Geekscape at WonderCon for the next episode. And then I have some more stuff lined up for Geekscape. So don't think that I'm like slacking. Oh, he's he's hard at work, man. Hard at work. I see you. We're trying to make some movies. Yeah. We're trying to edit some movies. We're trying to make some new stuff. Yeah. And we're on the road to Comic-Con. We've obviously got... Endgame coming out. We've got Captain. We got Shazam coming out. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm oh, excited. Oh man, we got Hellboy coming out. Oh, we have man. so many cool comic book movies and things coming out that we're going to talk about. So I want you guys to tell your friends to subscribe. If this is your first Geekscape, hey, click that subscribe button. You can find us on every podcatcher there is. So go and share Geekscape with your friends, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, any of those things. Tell your friends about Geekscape because we're really, really going to be rocking out here on the road to Comic-Con. And obviously, I've already shouted out the Geekscape Network. Go check out those boys at Horror Movie Night. They they are busting their butts over there. And I'm pretty sure they did do an Us special. Uh, it's probably not recorded as of the recording of this episode, but it's probably up on the website. Uh, either it'll be up by now or it'll be up later this week. But When's Twilight Zone coming out? When's the Peel Jordan Peele? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. That's the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Geekscape is I love you. You guys can find Marie online at... Uh, at Marie Jamora, uh, that's my Twitter. Um, if you go on Instagram, it's at Marie underscore Jamora, with, with a J. Um, I'm on Facebook as well, but you know, all that's kind of jazz. Did I forget any like other things? I think those are the ones. Those are the, the, yeah. tri- the triangle of social media, yeah, I feel. Yeah, the uh, distraction algorithm trifecta. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Keep you captive. The time suck yeah. of your life. Oh, you wanted to have a life? No. We yes. will keep you captive here. And we will also ruin your posture by hunching. Yeah. All your life. Walking down the street with a phone in your hand. Yeah. You are a prisoner. <laughs> uh, Geekscape us. You can find us at geekscape.net. We're on all of the things Marie just noted, uh, just mentioned between the Instagram, the Twitter, and the Facebook. Search for Geekscape. Find Geekscape. Be one with the Geekscape. Jonathan, this is a pleasure. You Thank like having... You. Yeah, no. I love it's talking awesome. to you. It's fun. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll include Jason. Maybe. I like Jason. He's shaking his head right now. He he, is, yeah, he you does. would like to have Jason on the I mean, he's a cool animator. He's a stop motion animator. He does Lego. So like, yeah, we should, Lego. we should definitely have him sometime. Whenever you watch stop motion animating on Lego that's not the Lego movie, but it, it's like on their channel on YouTube and so like that, yeah. that's Jason. Yeah. He does cool Star Wars Lego animations. Yeah. Like, and it's not CG. It's real, legit Painstaking, stop yeah. I want to cry yeah, <laughs> animation. Yeah, tiny little minifigs like <laughs> animating it one frame at a time. That's it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you gotta get up on that computer animating, bro. <laughs> He's like, this is my life. <laughs> Moving Legos He's like crying. one tiny no. piece at a time. And it's it's better though. You get it's to touch way the toys. Better. You 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 play with it, the there's toys. There's something tactile about it. You yeah. can feel it. You're a child. You're playing with Legos again. This dude gets to do that for a living. Totally. Man, you married the right one. I did. Geekscapus, I love you. Don't hate create. Geekscape forever. Tell your friends. 
Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.